called to the booth. I keep to leave here. Can the Broncos shake back against the Washington football team? Judy back. Is Kyle Fuller out? Paul, drop that beat. We're back. Week 8 show of Call to the Booth. Harrison Sanford, a key to lead, where we break down the three and four somehow. Denver Broncos. Disappointing loss on Thursday night football against the Cleveland Browns, 17-14. Akeeb, you were watching that game and doing uh, work for Amazon Prime on their Twitch channel for that mm-hmm. game. What did you see uh, that led to where they are now at 3-4 and four after three straight wins to start the season? Well, they decided not to stop the run on Thursday night, and they let uh, Dearness Johnson just go crazy, man. So he was it was really almost a one-man show. So I don't think they did bad in the pass game. They had – Hooper had the 134-yard pass, but it was more a catch and run. They didn't, they didn't let any balls get thrown over their head. I thought that was a positive, but usually they stopped the run, man. Usually they, they pretty good against the run. They did nothing against the run, so – Got to put it all together. Almost incredible in a negative sense to see that third and seven play turn out uh, that, that, that run from Dearness Johnson that turned out to be a first down when you know you needed to get a stop. I have a quote here from Vic Fangio. I want your response to it. After the loss, what's most concerning is our fundamentals were lacking in that game, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. And when that's lacking, that's poor coaching on our part. And that starts with me. We've got to do a better job again to the fundamental things taught and executed. Interesting quote. I mean, he's he's right, but with the fire, with the hot seat that he's on, it's definitely going to increase the temperature uh, when he points out that it was poor coaching of fundamentals that it starts with him. Okay, what were your what are your thoughts on that quote and, and where Vic Fangio stands as a head coach of the Denver Broncos? Man, I I feel like he just you know he just biting the bullet for his team. That's what he posed to say, man. But that's. Ain't nobody in the NFL getting taught how to tackle. You know what I'm saying? We all know how to tackle. He's not teaching you how to tackle, man. He had guys in right positions, man. Guys overran plays. They got cut back on. They missed tackles. Fangio didn't miss no tackles on Sunday. So he doing what he supposed to do, man. He biting the bullet for his guys, man. But all in all, that hot seat is going is going is all it's going to all come down to what that end of season record is. So Forget your quotes. Forget all that stuff. Forget the technique you're teaching. What's the record going to be at the end of the year? That's going to determine if he got a job in Denver or not. Do you think it's a situation where, regardless of what the record is, he's going to finish out the season? You, I, I don't remember. I don't remember John getting rid of guys like halfway through the season because they was doing bad. You know what I'm saying? So I think for the most part, if you're in Denver, you're going to finish out the season. He'll move on after. Yeah, so we'll see what happens here as the Denver Broncos get ready to take on the Washington football team. Before we break that down, we'll go ahead and look at the Denver Broncos from a fantasy football perspective. Ian Hardis from PFF joined us, and he broke down who you should have on your roster, who you should prioritize when it comes to the Denver Broncos and fantasy football. Take a listen. The big one that everyone wants to know is like, when is Javante Williams going to take over this backfield? And it's not that Melvin Gordon has been bad. I do think he kind of gets a bad rap. People just think he's this wash player. Like, he's still solid, but Javante is literally number one in the NFL in missed force tackles per carry this year. It seems like every week he has, you know, he's jumping over a guy. He's got a monster run. He's making big things happen. So to see him only have four carries last Thursday night, just inexcusable. But it's not exactly looking like that takeover is going to 
happen anytime soon. So 2022 and beyond should be all wheels up for Javante. But for right now, going to be tough to treat either guy as more than an RB3. And honestly, you know, sorry Broncos fans, but at least in fantasy land, things are just a little too crowded to feel good about. Cortland Sutton, great receiver, and he's number one in the NFL in air yards. I mean, Teddy has not been afraid to launch that thing downfield to Sutton all season long. But when we bring back Jerry Judy, who, as we saw in week one before he got hurt, was looking an awful like awful lot like their number one receiver it just muddles everything involved so you know it's been a rough stretch for them I think it's just coincided with them finally playing some tougher defenses if we can get the Teddy Bridgewater that was out there in weeks one through three I think Sutton and Judy can give us some borderline wide receiver two value more weeks than not but if this offense kind of keeps screeching to a halt the way it has been you know might end up being a situation where none of these guys are people we feel all that confident in on a week-to-week basis Big opportunity here for this Denver Broncos team to step up, particularly the secondary and particularly Kyle Fuller after Vic Fangio benched him last week. Uh, he's got to respond to an opportunity like this. This is not an uh, explosive offense. You would think he'd relish an opportunity to get back on field and get right uh, for his head coach and his team, Keep, I would think. Definitely. Uh, anytime a coach sits you on that bench, man, it's, it's, it's definitely a rude awakening. It's a, it's a humbling moment, so... I'm sure he's going to come out and have a good week of practice and try to earn his way back on that field. But the Broncos got four corners now. They like Callahan in that slot. So, man, if they could have Darby and, and Sertan on the outside, Callahan in that slot, you see Fangio don't mind that. So it's it's a battle between those four guys week in, week out. So I know I I personally never been benched like that. But Fuller, I know he's trying to get back on that field, man, because he's a vet who's always in the game. He used to be in the game. He used to be on the left side. Being the man, so nice, confident. We so we could practice and Fuller be all right. He'll be right back in there. As you're looking at that matchup, uh, what are you what are you keying in on when it comes to Terry McLaurin versus the Denver Broncos secondary? Well, they they know that's where the ball going, man. He had a bunch of targets. I think over ten, maybe twelve targets last week, uh, hundred and some yards. So you know who who Heineke is trying to get the ball to. You know, you know what I'm saying? So take him away, man. Make sure you know where he is at all times. Don't let him get behind you. He super fast guy. Can't let him get behind him. They, I thought they did a good job of that last week uh, against the Browns, not letting guys get behind him. So you're in another situation like that, man. Not the greatest quarterback, right? Another backup quarterback who got a talented receiver. So keep them guys in front of you. Should be all right. On the other side of the ball, Teddy Bridgewater going against uh, this weak secondary. Well, we thought they weren't going to be weak going into the season, but they have proven to be. Right. He has to. It, it, he is hopefully he's healthier than he was in that Thursday night football game, but this has to be a spot where if this team is going to get to where they want to get, you got to take advantage of a matchup like this, it would seem. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, if you're going to get back, if you're going to get that momentum back, if Teddy going to find that rhythm back, man, it'll be against the guys like this who, who gave up a bunch of touchdowns, a bunch of big plays. Hopefully he can get Judy back, man, and when Judy in your lineup, it just give you something else to worry about throughout the week, so something else you got a game plan for. Uh, I think when, when, when Judy in there, they kind of give him a – they need that deep threat, man. They need a guy who can really take the top off. I know Sutton is a deep threat, but he's like a more of a 50-50 ball kind of a deep threat. They need a, a speed guy because the speed guy really backed that safety up or really put pressure on that safety, you know what I'm saying? So maybe that'll open it up for, fan, for, for, for Patrick, for those other guys, man. But if you're going to get going, Teddy, this the week you got to get going. And he, he has a he has a capability of doing so, especially if Judy gets back there. But it might be difficult if that offensive line doesn't hold up 
Teddy's right. one of the most hit quarterbacks in the NFL. And now here comes Chase Young, who has been hearing uh, the negative commentary about his fall off and play this season. And we've also seen the Denver Broncos offensive line be disappointing as well. Uh, give me some insight into that matchup, Chase Young versus that Denver Broncos offensive line. Well, I think I think how you win that matchup is you got to run the ball, man. You got to you got to get Chase in the not Chase mode. Get him in the playing the run mode. I'm saying you have, I think they had 40 rushing yards last week. You, Chase gonna have a field day if you have 40 rushing yards because he's gonna play the pass and react to the run every time. You gotta have him playing the run and reacting to the pass. So that'll help the pass. I mean, if they if the Broncos could run the football, that'll help everything out. That'll help Teddy out. You know what I'm saying? That'll bring them linebackers up. It'll help Teddy out, and it'll definitely help the O line out against Chase because if he playing straight pass, if they get up early. And he get to, you know, just pin his ears back and rush. It's going to be a long day for them guys. So we've laid it out. Got to pay attention to Ted, uh, Terry McLaurin. We got an opportunity to expose the Washington football secondary as long as Teddy Bridgewater is protected by some of it by the run game. What's your pick? Broncos are a three-point favorite at home, 43-and-a-half over under. I'm going Broncos at the house. I'm going Broncos at the house. And I think it'll be an under, man. It's going to be a lot of running in this game. I think the Broncos get the run game going, man. They finally get that run game going. It, it'll get that'll get the intermediate pass game going. They'll keep that clock going. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Broncos minus what is it? Three and a half. Broncos minus three and a half, and I'm going to under on the forty. What is it? Forty-five. Forty-three and a half. Forty-three and a half. I'm going under. Broncos game at home, and everybody's probably going to be in Halloween outfits. It should be a fun one. <laughs> Hopefully, they win. We'll come back and recap what happened in the game and look ahead to next week with Akeem Talib. I'm Harrison Sanford. This is Call to the Booth. We'll see you next time.